Welcome back to another episode of the Macroomer Show. Happy Friday to everybody listening. Uh, looks like the people who kept Hartley prisoner in his uh, you know, <laughs> prison for the last however many episodes have let him out. They put him in a nice new empty apartment uh, with a fancy espresso machine. I don't know if everybody can see. I don't know how much it's going to crop down. Um, but Hartley, you have a great background now. Um, and it's only Thank going you. to get better. So congratulations to you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I've 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 been released, uh, but there's 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 still there's still a long way to go. I think it's been a long time. At least they let you record a podcast. I feel like most prisoners don't get to do that. Yeah, so yeah, that was a good perk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what's been up with you, man? Anything new this week? No, it's been it's been a quiet week. We're kind of in this in between period now, um, following Vision Pro where we're just really waiting for this March event um, where we're going to get yeah. these new iPads and these new Macs. Uh, so we yeah, always right. get these kind of quiet times of year. Um, February is always pretty quiet. May is always pretty quiet before WWDC. So it's just sort of watching the rumors at this time of year and kind of taking stock of where we are with these different things, like um, trying to work out at the moment in particular. Now I've just moved into this apartment. Is now a good time to buy a HomePod? Is now a good time to buy um a apple tv because this is all stuff that's kind of floating around so it's a good time to kind of take stock with those things yeah i mean that's those, those are great questions because i you know i've had people even ask me about is now a good time to buy airpods max and i'm like i i don't know they haven't been touched in what three years and uh yeah. if they do get touched it's potential just to be like minor stuff like minor spec improvements and moving to USB-C, like, is that enough for you? You know, I'm, I've been telling people like, and it could come in March, it could come in October. I have no idea. So what, go ahead. Personally, personally, I would now say don't buy AirPods Max. Even oh, if you I can just get told them for a good to price. Do it. I just told somebody to do it. <laughs> I mean, I, it's not, I don't think it's a, it's not, it's not like a done thing. Like at this point, don't buy an iPad Pro because that's next month. Oh, well, de but, definitely not. Yeah. In my, if you want to look at it this way, the AirPods Max are effectively going to have taken Apple about four years to update. So we're in the last quarter now of that lifespan. That is enough for me to say probably don't. Um, but if you have done, it's not the worst one to buy because they're not going to be massively redesigned. Um, I mean, if you get if you pick them up like secondhand for like two hundred dollars, maybe okay, yeah. that's a pretty good deal. But if you're paying still your four fifty for them, nah. Just wait, well, just wait I, that little bit longer. I just feel like, you know, when somebody asks me, I feel like they wanted headphones now. So it's like, I can't tell you to wait and I don't know when it's going to come. Like it could come at any point this year. Uh, what are the rumors specifically pointing for that? Is it a March thing or is it an October thing? I feel like it's October, right? Or like near the end I, of the year? I believe so. I believe we're hearing second half of the year. I don't remember specifically. and I actually don't know why yeah. it's taking them so long either because... If it, rumors are to be believed, um, there's going to be no new chip. It's going to just be USB-C um, and some new colors. I was say not even like the lossless stuff that you get with Vision Pro. Would we get any of that? Like you got on AirPods Pro? I don't think so because if it's not going to get a newer chip, how is it going to support that? Um, even the, uh, the 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 first generation, second generation AirPods Pro have that chip. Yeah. The new AirPods Max won't have so. 
it's it's a bit of a mess. I don't really know why they're not giving them more because there are definitely uh, those hardware features there, like the chip, like some sort of um, ability to play lossless. Even if not just with a Vision Pro, why can't I play lossless with my to my from my iPhone um, when my iPhone is nearby enough? Um, it really feels like Apple's high end headphones should be able to do that. Um, and even other things like yeah. skin detect sensors, the AirPods uh, Max are the only AirPods now that use uh, infrared. Whereas all of the other yep. AirPods, except for like the second generation uh, entry-level model that they still sell, but that doesn't really count, all have skin detect sensors, which in my experience huh. are yeah, way I more mean, reliable. Yeah, I mean, I feel really bad now for telling them to <laughs> to buy it. But I mean, I feel okay still with the decision of like, you know, I, I would feel bad if it came out like next month. But, you know, hopefully they're still in that return window. Uh, yeah, Apple's pretty good too, by the way. If you buy something and you're past the two weeks by like just a week or two apple's pretty good at like kind of forgiving that and being like okay well if it means you're gonna get you know something new i don't think you can go in three weeks later pass a return policy maybe it depends on who you catch and they'll let you do it but if you're trying to get something newer and like you're still spending them apple's pretty good about that kind of thing so uh just a little tip there it does not hurt to ask um okay well you know one, the thing that we're going to talk about today, I don't know if this falls into the same, like, should you wait to buy an iPhone 15 Pro Max or should you wait for like an iPhone 16 Pro Max? And that's kind of our main topic is uh, what you can expect and how that upgrade is going to look from a iPhone 15 versus 16 lineup. And I think we're probably going to heavily focus on the pros just because that's where a lot of the newer features kind of come into play. Um, but yeah, with the iPhone 16, I can definitively tell you, unless Apple wants to make me look really bad, um, that it's going to be in September. So if you cannot wait that long for a new phone, go ahead and buy one now. It'll be fine. Um, otherwise, the iPhone 16 uh, Pro is looking to have like over 25 new upgrades. Now, some of those are going to be pretty minor per se, but some of them is going to be uh, pretty big. So let's let's touch on one that you're looking forward to the most partly when it comes to the 16 pro uh or pro max versus the 15 pro uh well i think there's maybe two things that i'm most intrigued by one of these will surprise you um and uh -oh. i'm looking forward to it as much as i'm sort of dreading it which is this tetra prism camera because i've actually not tried it uh -huh. um so i i'm interested to see if maybe it's not as bad as i'm thinking and maybe i'll enjoy it more i'll use it more it's something that is very different at least and for all of those people that have been using that feature for what six months like you at this point um it's not going to be very exciting to you uh with the new devices but for me going from what will be uh the 15 pro to the 16 pro that is a fairly significant feature bringing over that camera and the other thing which is coming to the whole lineup is the capture button uh because I'm really interested to see how this is implemented. We don't entirely know if it works, if it's a physical button or if it's a haptic button, but there does seem to be some um, way in which it detects multiple levels of pressure. So it works like um, a button on a traditional mirrorless or DSLR camera where you can lock in focus or lock in exposure and then sort of continue to press down to actually begin shooting. And I think that that is a really useful thing. I mean, I know that at the moment you can use the volume buttons to just... Uh, to just take a picture but the ability to sort of refocus and to feel more like this is a real camera and if if the haptics are tied into that so that you get really nice feedback it might just make 
the whole sort of photography and videography experience of using the iPhone much more tactile and just more satisfying, really. Um, it's not going to be as exciting as the action button, maybe, uh, but it all depends on how much customization there is there and exactly what things within the camera app it actually controls. I think the um, the capture button could be pretty exciting in the sense that it frees up your action button to actually use for other things. If you're someone like me who's using the action button right now to launch into the camera, um, I would personally not want that to be the case, but it is something that I use the most. So, um, you know, that freeing it up is nice. And then, like you said, just having custom options depending on what part of the UI you're in when it comes to camera. If you're in cinematic mode, maybe you can, I don't know, quickly change um, the depth effect or something. Like, I don't think you can do that now with cinematic mode, but you should be able to because there are other uh, um, phones that allow you to do that pre-recording uh, or even during recording, just be able to change the depth effect, how much you're getting. Uh, you know, if you're in the photo mode, maybe it's, turning off certain settings, live photos or something. I don't know. Just other custom options. I don't know why we need it, though. Like, we don't need it. It is a nice, nice to have, though. So I'm not going to complain. It's just kind of strange that now we've always had three buttons. And now we have four buttons. And that's okay because it's in the spot of something that we've always had. But now you're adding something completely different to the mix that we've never had. And that's just going to take some time to get used to. And it's just going to be weird. Um, I am laughing internally at the fact that you are now excited for the uh, telephoto camera that you were so adamant about just not being into, even though I told you the pictures are so good. I might not like it. Back yourself up. Give I might not space. like it. You'll love and it. And if I had the choice, and if you ask me now that they will never move away from that 3X camera, I would say that would be my choice. But if they're moving in that direction anyway, I think I may as well embrace it. And I am intrigued to see if I actually get good use out of that over the next year. Um, but just to go back to the capture button, the one thing that I do think is really interesting about the capture button compared to the action button is Apple considered the action button to be like a pro feature. It's not available on the iPhone 15 and 15 plus, but the capture button they're doing to the whole lineup. Yeah. So why is that? not pro when that is photography based which is typically somewhere where apple has considered those additional photography features to be pro and if you hold down that shutter and you can do those things like a half press to lock in your focus that seems like a pro feature to me i mean it's great that yeah. the, the entry-level models are guessing it but it's just interesting that they've made that distinction or that they will make it supposedly well and then the entry-level models will get the action button too this year so it's just uh it's interesting um how much like less of a separate so like when you look at the list it's like what's really separating the uh the pro max at this point and the pro um i mean going back to the telephoto camera you're definitely not going to want a 16 pro max now that the focal length is going to be like 300 millimeters that that seems a little absurd that i might need to stand back quite a bit in which case you know you might not be able to do that um but in i'm guessing you'll be able to uh uh, still get pretty decent photos in that range between lenses with the whole digital and, and processing and everything that would be going on. Um, but like even now with the 15 Pro Max going to like two to like three, four X before you get to five, you can tell there are some differences. Even the colors don't necessarily match up. And so that that's kind of frustrating. 
I think 120 is good. 300, I might be in your camp now where I'm thinking, okay, that might be a little too much. But we'll see how good the digital processing is for the other focal lengths uh, before I make my judgments there. I don't know if this is actually going to pan out. Um, looking at all of the rumors that we're expecting or that are kind of floating around about these devices, this is one of them that is not particularly locked down. Um, so the 300 mil? Not, yeah, I would not be surprised if that is uh, something that has just uh, sort of come out of thin air or that it is something that is actually for the iPhone 17 lineup. Um, and will come in at the top end. And it's sort of been rumored a little bit earlier because quite often that happens when we get these rumors that come out quite early. Maybe uh, I, I actually think that this particular rumor came out before the iPhone 15 lineup was released. So when things are projecting that far ahead, um, the people that are getting that information don't necessarily know which device it relates to. And they may just be assuming that it is that next generation, but they may not know for sure. And to me, it does seem a little bit strange to go to a focal length that long quite so soon, especially when we are looking at other upgrades for the Pro Max, um, just specifically for the camera. Uh, normally, at least Apple moved away from doing this for a while. Now it looks like they're moving back to it of differentiating these models. But I believe one of the rumors for the iPhone 16 Pro Max is that it will have a larger sensor, a 12% larger sensor. And that is specific to the Pro Max. So if Apple is able to kind of put that front and center and say that this allows um, the uh, 16 Pro, sorry, I, if I said 15 Pro there, I meant 16 Pro, the 16 Pro Max. Um, if that enables a better photography experience or it enables um, a sensor to capture more light, it enables better low light photography, whatever it may be that Apple is going to say provides you with that better experience, that is their tentpole Pro Max feature at this point. They don't need to be adding another telephoto camera or not another one, but they don't need to be enhancing the telephoto camera as well. That's what I was going to say, though, is that if they're going to do this, just add another telephoto camera because like a lot of phones out there do that too. Um, there are four cameras and two of them are kind of dedicated towards getting those maximum focal lengths. And so I'd be fine with that personally. Um, Long term, I'd be really happy with that. I think that gives you the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so yeah, about that 48 megapixel ultra wide, can we make oh, like yeah. the Mac? Did you use the, do you use the macro? Uh, rarely, although I do very occasionally find it useful. So I, there was an occasion this week where I found it useful. So I've had some new rugs delivered for my new apartment here. And one of the rugs had a little floor in the rug and I need to send it back to the, the company with a picture of it. And cause it's so small. I had to get right down there and use that macro. And it was great because it enabled me to not look like I was going crazy and uh, just trying to send uh, this rug back for no reason. So sometimes it is useful, but I feel like it's a little bit like the ultra wide itself in that I maybe only use it like once or twice a year. Yeah, oftentimes I find myself not using the ultra wide. And in terms of macro, I just find it getting in the way. I have to turn that setting off where it just keeps turning on whenever I'm getting a little too close to something. And that's more frustrating than anything. Yeah, so, that does get annoying. I've had know, a lot of experience with that lately. Sensor. What's that? I've had I've had quite a lot of that experience lately oh, where it switches so over annoying. to the macro. Yeah. Um, so I'm just trying to think of 
whether the uh, whether the forty eight megapixel will enable a better experience of cropping with the ultra wide because it should do, but it's not really the same as doing it with the wide. Uh, because with that wide, we can get we can crop in by fifty percent and get like a two x view, but you can't really do that with the ultra wide because you've got the wide above the ultra wide. So I guess it would really only be useful if you took a group photo or something like that, and you wanted to crop into two people at the edge of the photo. But other than that, I don't really know where it's useful other than maybe in low light because the ultra wide is not great in low light. I just I don't know that I'm like gonna if the forty eight megapixel ultra wide camera is going to be like a main selling point i i don't know i mean obviously i'm going to get the next models for my job but like if i was someone who was a normal person who didn't upgrade every year or thought about the upgrades and just kind of looked at them one for one i don't see how there's a lot here that i'm super interested in now of course we're still very early on um and some things could change but like besides cameras like what else would we be getting that would really set up the standards to make it you know battery life let's let's think about battery and and charging do you think there's um a lot there that would kind of make people want to i know we're supposed to get some faster wired charging that's good i only ever exclusively wireless charge so there are a lot of rumors floating around about the battery and charging technology for these next generation devices um the actual increase of the battery capacities aside, because I believe we only have the Pro Max at this point, which has been rumored to be 5% bigger, which is, you know, they, they change by a small amount. If we were talking 10% or 20%, then okay, maybe that's a little bit more exciting. 5%, I don't know if that translates to anything in the real world. But the other rumors, about, we've only really heard maybe once or twice, which is about stacked battery technology, which is something that Samsung is also looking at doing. So this is technology that's currently really used in things like EVs, um, and it enables the, uh, the battery to be more, more dense effectively so you can you can store more energy in the same amount of space so even if the battery capacity is the same or it's the same size within the device you should be able to get a little bit more battery life from that now whether that will be in this device or not ultimately i don't know but if this is something that is coming to market now it's really a question of whether that comes this year or next year and we have seen some pictures as well of these battery components because they've also put it in a new casing. So um, previously, uh, the or even now, the iPhone's batteries, um, I don't know if you've ever seen them. I think we've all seen them when we've seen uh, disassemblies, but they're black. They are in black foil casings. Uh, a few years ago with the Apple Watch Series 7, Apple made a transition from those black foil um, batteries to silver um, casings so they are like a silver metallic casing and it enables them to conduct heat much better so they're much much cooler that is a change that is now expected to come to these pro models this year so if they've re-engineered that part of the battery maybe they have re-engineered other parts of it um, and maybe that is where that stack battery technology yeah. is coming in but i don't know if that's just a little bit of wishful thinking from me i have taken um, apart um, a phone to get the battery out and replaced it myself was this your iPhone 12 mini and, uh, uh, repair, self-service yeah. repair? Yeah. By the that, way. Was that an experience you'd, you'd love that. to repeat? Still works great. Uh, it got me on Good Morning America. So yeah. if they want me to do it again, I'll do it live in studio for them. I don't care. Um, it will go terribly. I can tell you that. Because the first time I did it, 
I had to redo some things um, and go out and get some tools. But I, I feel a little more prepared. Um, I feel like I could do a better job the second time around. I don't know. You know who's really good at doing all that stuff is Luke Miani. We have to have him on again next time and ask him more about that stuff. Maybe when the iPhone 16 draws near and we have more battery info for all you battery lovers out there that want to hear more of the nitty gritty details. Um, so I did say that the 40 watt charging um, was going to be with with the wired, but wireless also will get a bump from 15 watts to 20 watts. Does that uh, excite you? Is that the fastest you can do wireless charge 20 watts? I don't actually know. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, I think you, you, you. I'm sure there are Android devices out there that do accomplish wireless charging faster. But the interesting thing to me, and the reason why this sounds plausible to me that we could get 20 watt wireless charging over MagSafe, is because right now there's no reason to buy MagSafe over Qi 2. We're seeing all these right. new Qi 2 chargers coming to market, which charge up to 15 watts, um, which is the same as MagSafe. So right now, like I was looking at buying some new Nomad chargers lately. Um, I've never had any before, but I just really love the design of them. So that's something that I want to get for like my nightstand and my desk. Um, and I'm looking at the Qi options and the MagSafe options. And they are the same. They, they're the, it's just the same. They, they, they functionally are the same. There's a little bit of price difference because one of them is using Apple's components. But I think that if Apple enables 20 watt wireless charging over MagSafe, then that provides that reason. So I think that's got to come. Um, and maybe that is why that one is a little bit more plausible. Um, so yeah, that would be good. I, I pretty much exclusively wirelessly charge like you. So I'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, wireless charging does get incredibly hot from time to time. So like, I don't know how that's going to get any better if we're trying to go even faster, but I'm sure they can figure out a way. And maybe that new back stacked yeah. battery technology will help with the thermals and everything. It um, looks like the thermals are being redesigned for this yeah. model as well, we should say, because so. obviously after the 15 Pro, there was that, I don't know if you, it wasn't like a, like a full-blown like Bendgate scandal, but every year there's always something with the new iPhones. With the iPhone 15 Pro models, it was that they were overheating supposedly. And Apple said that this was fixed with software. And there was a lot of disagreement and argument over what was causing that. But it looks like the whole device is going to have a new thermal architecture. And one of those things will be this new battery casing. But the other one will also be a new heat sink that uses graphene instead of copper. So maybe that, that will also enable them to achieve that uh, faster wireless charging. So in terms of hardware changes, you know, it seems like we've pretty much got an idea of where to go. And I don't know, barring any last minute, like major surprises, I don't know that there's going to be a lot more uh, that we can kind of talk about with the hardware. Um, but with the software and with iOS 18, we could expect some new, would you think they're going to be exclusive AI features to the iPhone 16 um, and the 16 Pros? Or do you think it's going to be something that's just across all iOS 18 um, and so that everyone could take advantage of. I'm sure some of them would be, but uh, a lot of it could be dependent on the chips maybe uh, and the processing power that it takes to to process those requests. So what do you think about the new rumored AI features that could be coming to this year's model? So I think it's really going to be both. Um, I think that Apple is going to have to show off some AI features or at least a much more prominently at WWDC this year. Um, that is the the main sort of theme that we are expecting for WWDC. And as a result, that is going to come to basically every device that runs iOS 18, or most of them, I would expect. Um, but 
when we're expecting a new chip, so we're expecting the A18 Pro at this point, which will be uh, based on TSMC's um, enhanced three nanometer process. Um, it will have a more powerful neural engine, which does run those AI tasks locally. And Apple doesn't typically like to upload stuff to the cloud. Um, it used to with Siri, but now of course Siri for most requests is processed on device. And Apple does like to lean into on device processing. So I am sure that they are gonna provide that more powerful neural engine and that that will be used to support some sort of AI features, even if it's just that the AI features that are unveiled with iOS 18 with an iPhone 16 Pro or 16 Pro Max run on device. It might just be that, um, but it looks like there is gonna be this push because there's also a little thing linked to that, which is the microphone. So we're expecting an upgraded microphone. And if we're expecting this new version of Siri, it goes hand in hand that you want your dictation and uh, any sort of audio that the device is capturing to use um, with some sort of chatbot or in whatever way they're implementing it, the microphone is pretty important. And it looks like that is also going to be upgraded. So we're expecting something. What it will be, I couldn't tell you, but I would have thought that there's got to be some sort of on-device thing here. Um, I think that's key I, when you think about the hardware involved. I'd love to speculate a little bit on some of the uh, uh, features that could that could come uh, in terms of AI features. We've been seeing so many things come from competitors. You know, Samsung obviously had uh, its new phone launch with minimal hardware changes and lots of specific AI features. Um, lots of them had to do with the camera. So my guess is we'll see some things there. Uh, then Google Bard announced that it's changing its name to Gemini and there's an app now that you can use. And, uh, you know, that's pretty powerful in its own right. And we have obviously ChatGPT and all the new models that come with that one or the new versions um what are you expecting or what would you like to see from apple's version of ai incorporations and features into the iphone and siri and ios 18 and all of that stuff i don't know about device specific um i think that photography is one of those areas particularly for the pro models where there may be an opportunity to bring in more ai tools but i don't know how far apple will want to go with that um so that is a that is a question for me. I think Siri has got to be key to this because Siri just really is not very good. Um, when I was actually writing uh, the article um, that uh, I've been glancing at while we've been talking here, which is comparing what we're expecting from the 16 Pro versus the 15 Pro, um, when I was writing this and I listed the dimensions for the 15 Pro, I asked Siri, "What are the what, like how how what is the width of the iPhone 15 Pro?" And it doesn't know. It doesn't know. Cool. Awesome. So, <laughs> it, 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 uh, for me, it's it's got to be Siri. I don't I don't see how it. Let's not let's not um, run before we can walk. Let's just try and make Siri basically functional to be able to handle complex home requests, be able to understand sort of uh, different phrasing when you want to maybe send a message and seriously up its capacity to understand just general knowledge inquiries like that. Um, I would be happy with that for a start, but then where I really do think it's got to go is to some sort of um, uh, actual chat interface where I can type to Siri properly. And maybe if I can do that from my Mac so that I don't need to do any of the things that maybe I do with 
uh, ChatGPT, like if I'm going to format a table or something and I say to it, format this with HTML, if I, I really need to be able to ask Siri for that. Um, so it would be a great way to get me to buy a new device if some of those things are exclusive. And sure. I kind of feel like there is this space as well now where we've seen with devices coming out at CES, like uh, this Rabbit R1, and a lot of people say, well, why can't my iPhone just do that? But what if your right. iPhone really did my have... Apple Watch. Yeah, what if, but what if the hardware had that acceleration built into it, into the processor, and that becomes a much a bigger part of what we associate the neural engine with so that you really feel like, I am buying this iPhone not just for the camera, not just for this, not just for that, but I'm buying it because it's going to provide me with a better chatbot experience effectively. It's going to provide me with those extra tools. Um, I just don't know how far they're going to go with it. I don't know how fast they will have been able to put this together. First off, I think I'd be really disappointed if we didn't get a chat style, chatbot like Siri version this year. I'd be very disappointed. That's just another year of being behind all of your major competitors. I know Samsung didn't do that, but I feel like it's it's coming. And the fact that Google has, you know, Gemini now, that's going to be across any phone. I mean, I could just get that now on my iPhone. So like, why, why would I want to use Siri then for most stuff when I could just launch that app? And imagine if you can use the action button to launch directly into it. I would never need to use Siri for anything if, if it's going to be something that can't answer the dimensions of the own phone that Siri lives in, you know? So, like, those are important stuff. Um, but speculating with other devices, you brought up the R1, right? Did we ever talk about the Humane AI pin? Uh, I don't think so, or at least not very much if we did. I, it's not severely off topic, but, like, what are your thoughts on that? I love to see new <laughs> interesting hardware. Um, yeah. Am I going to buy one? No. Am I glad that it like, exists? Yes. So I bring it up because it's like, I don't think Apple will be this bad in the sense of processing speed, but that is super important. And Siri would need to be, if it's going to be doing a lot more complex stuff, it would certainly need to be faster. But have you seen some of the videos that like yeah. the CEOs have posted? And, uh, you know, it's taking long time to, I, the comments are the best part. I think recently one of the people posted a video of like translating something. And first off, I love the idea of it in theory. Same with the R1. I don't love that I'd have to wear another thing. I don't I don't want to wear it. Uh, you know, an R1, it's another device to carry, but it's just that. I can put it in my pocket. I don't need it all the time when I do need it. I don't want this thing. I mean, I got one for the sake of science, but I don't want one on my lapel or my chest at all times, being around me at all times. Uh, you know, I don't know what the privacy, I'm sure they have privacy, you know, page written out about all this stuff, but I don't know if I believe any of that. It's got to be alert at almost all times to be doing things. I don't understand. People are mind blown by the whole, like the display in your hand. I am, that looks like the least effective, least interesting thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Why would I just not take out my phone at that point? If I'm going to look like this where I'm not paying, I, I understand it's something discreet, but like 
that's not discreet. I could just take my phone out and do the same hand motion <laughs> that I'd be doing and get better information on a better display. That does nothing for me. The tapping it and having it like do things, cool. That's got potential. However, it's so slow. And the comments of people being like, I could literally learn the language before this thing responds back with the translation. Those are all hilarious. There's been a video uh, from Danny Gonzalez, like a YouTube commentator, you know, does a lot of comedy stuff. Hilarious. Definitely watch it. He goes through the whole like really awkward reveal of the humane AI pin. And like he talks about how, and I didn't even know this because I tried to follow it as much as I could, but there's other things going on too that can't spend all day, you know, watching all of their stuff that they upload, but like how it got everything wrong in their description. And then they had to go back and re-upload to like get the right information, like how much in your hand, like how many grams of protein are these nuts that you're holding in your hand? Cool concept, poor execution. So like these are all very important things that Apple should be copying in the sense of like how these devices work, how the AI and like the usefulness of those things. Not that I really need to be holding a handful of nuts and asking the protein value. I, I'm sure there's some people that care about that. Obviously, I don't look like a guy who's really taking my protein macros seriously on a daily basis. Just eat as much as you can is my goal uh, in, in terms of protein. But <laughs> like, you know, the cool concept, poor execution. And so I, I'm just curious if like Apple will, I'm sure they'll be able to do it. They're not a startup, but those people also worked at Apple. So it's not like they're nobodies that have not been around it. So I don't know. That humane AI pin just makes me laugh because there's so many goofy things that you can do with it that I'm just like, why do we need this? The same thing as Vision Pro, you know, people have the same thoughts. So it's quite fun. It's a, that's, that's sort of how I feel about it. It's a fun thing, but I, sure. I don't see it becoming a part of my life. I, I feel like it's basically just a toy. Um, yeah, and for sure. I quite like the idea of a, a, a camera that you wear, at least, that something that is pointing out to the world. It's why I actually wouldn't be opposed to having uh, something like the uh, Meta Ray-Bans um, if I mean, if it was integrated ah. into the ecosystem, because if I could say to Siri to tell me a piece of information about something that I'm looking at, that is useful to me. But I don't need yeah. laser projection. I just turn over my wrist and I've got, uh, you know, a high resolution OLED display on my wrist. I don't need to have a bright green laser. It's just it's it's sci-fi for the sake of sci-fi. It's not actually very practical. So that's where, like, you know, the R1 specifically that concept that software whatever it's doing putting that into the apple watch would make that into a next level experience that is something apple should be doing if they're not already doing it uh taking the humane humane ai functions and the camera aspect i don't love constantly wearing a camera but if apple can do it in the sense that makes it discreet and like not discreet for the sake of being creepy, but like discreet so that you're not making it uncomfortable for everybody. Obviously, when I'm recording, don't make that discreet. Make it known so that everybody knows that I'm recording. But like, I don't even need a camera for the sake of recording. I just want it to be able to like, like you said, do like look at something and translate it to me in my AirPods or speak out from the AirPods or the, the Apple Watch speakers saying like, hey, what you're looking at, that sign, that says this because you can't read that language. Like that's super interesting and you're doing it in a low key manner where you don't need to take your phone out all the time or you don't need your phone with you all the time. So like, I don't know, implement like a camera in the Apple Watch or something. Isn't there a, there's a couple of like accessories that you could wear that does that. Figure out a way. 
the Apple Watch Ultra is certainly thick enough. We can put a camera in there. Um, I don't know that I need laser projection. Again, I just don't understand. Everybody's like super in love with that idea. And I'm like, that doesn't look good. There's no amount of me right now that makes me want to do that. But I guess that's what people think with the uh, Vision Pro. And of course, everything comes back to the Vision Pro right now. I'm also thinking about how good AI could be with Vision Pro because that is something you're wearing on your face and there are endless possibilities of things that you can do with that as well. So another thing for you know you to speculate on if you'd like. Yeah, I think that's something that we'll see at WWDC. I think that if AI is going to be the theme, it possibly will be most interesting in the concept of Vision OS um, because Vision OS 2 should be a really big update. Um, if we look back at stuff like watchOS 2, watchOS 2 pretty much completely rethought the whole of what the Apple Watch should be and, and many of its core functions. And many of them arrived with watchOS 2. So maybe Vision OS 2 is going to do that as well. And if we're getting cross-platform AI features on a device where maybe it's not so convenient to type and a device where you've got cameras looking at what you're seeing or rather what you're not seeing, yeah. but it's seeing for you, um, what, what better case is there than to actually use AI? Um, and maybe it would be the best the best way to actually really show that to us now so that at the moment in demos, if Apple wants to show off these sorts of features, they say, we'll point your iPhone at, uh, I don't know, this building and it will recognize what building it is. Now you can show us that in a much more immersive way. So I am interested in how this relates to, to uh, Vision Pro. And again, it kind of links to the camera as well, because we're also expecting spatial video capture to be available on those entry-level models now with a vertical camera set up. So it, it is all connected. Um, it's just a question of what these exclusive features will be, because um, I'm, I'm not too sure how that's actually going to work out. I got to be honest with you. Um, spatial videos, by the way, shot on your iPhone not as good just not as cool as i thought it was going to be and something that i don't i just i don't know that like i thought that was going to be the, the main selling feature and i do think spatial video is a huge selling feature but it's not from what you get with your with your iphone now there is always a possibility that apple can figure out a way to make that better but what you get on your headset when you record video from the headset directly is the experience that I got when I was blown away by those demos. That is way different than what you're getting on your phone. You're just getting a slightly more depth effecty video. You can still tell that it's just, I'm watching a video with some weird shimmering glow around me that makes it feel like I'm trying to be immersed in something. It's not the same. When you use the headset, it is, way 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 better and so unfortunately unless until apple can figure out a way to make it you know better quality and get that same 3d spatial effect that you get when you film with the headset you're gonna have to be that person that captures all of those moments that you want to relive wearing the headset so uh maybe that, that will be is... something that these 16 models will be able to do though maybe so the I... spatial video capture experience will be better maybe yeah, this so... is something that they've just had to kind of ship now so that we have it with the Vision yeah. Pro at this stage, but I think it's got to get better with the iPhone because the iPhone is the device you actually want to use. Right, and uh, you're right. And I'm so I'm not like saying that Apple should stop doing it. In fact, I'm saying focus 
way more of your resources into that for the cameras. And so I should start really trying to figure out exactly how that all works and trying to see if there's any like hints in these leaks with the 16 pro and pro max um, and whether or not that like does actually um, help with what's going to be, you know, spatial recording 2.0 per se um, on the iPhone, because that is super important um, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I mean, that's really, it's really it. Is there anything else that you uh, wanted to touch on for the iPhone 16? There is one thing, and it's probably the most significant thing to a lot of people, or at least the most noticeable thing about these devices, and we haven't mentioned it at all, which oh. is the bigger displays. Ah, uh, yes. Um, so we are expecting the size of the smaller model to increase from 6.3 inches to... Uh, no, for, sorry, from 6.1 to 6.3 and from 6.7 on the Pro Max to 6.9. So that will be the biggest iPhone that there has ever been. Um, and that's mostly coming from reduction chassis, and We've got those correct. slimmer bezels introduced on the 15. It shouldn't feel that big and it certainly won't be as heavy as a 14 Pro or a 14 Pro Max. Um, but it is still going to be pretty big. Um it's it's going beyond what I would find comfortable. Um, I was just getting used to the size of the 15 Pro. I really like the size of the 15 Pro, so this is going to uh, this is going to push it quite far for me. Yeah, I mean there should be a noticeable difference. I mean I still have a hard time imagining like 0.2, right? It's 0.2. I'm not making this. Yeah, 6.3 and 6.9. Uh, yeah, that's right. How actually big that, you know, I'm guessing it's going to be mostly the reduction of bezels and stuff that's going to make it look sleeker and nicer. And, you know, you'll certainly notice every day when you're trying to stretch your thumb out a little more to reach certain parts of the display. And, you know, it's going to be big, but curious to see how much bigger. I mean, you're you're definitely never going to the iPhone 16 Pro Max at this point in your life, are you? Yeah. With all of the major increases in camera uh, millimeters and and the, the size is going to get bigger and maybe but i might I wonder, jump down then maybe i'll go down to the to the pro because yeah I, I wonder if that's nice what spot, apple is intending know? to do is kind of scoop up a lot of those pro max customers um, and provide a more of a, an in-between size maybe that's what their market research suggests will be successful and then provide something if you really aren't going to have the biggest iPhone, it's going to feel big. It's going to feel really big now. I mean, I'm looking at the dimensions here. It's going to be about one millimeter wider on both devices um, and about three to four millimeters taller. So which not is just not a reduction in bezels, huge amount. But it is no. a little bit bigger. Okay. Uh, you will notice it, particularly, I think, with the 6.9 inches. Um, but I think that's probably the intention is to guide more people toward the uh, the standard Pro because the Pro Max is overwhelmingly their, their best-selling model. Um, and maybe, I don't know, if at some point they want to justify price increases, they want to provide a model... Um, that yeah. is a little bit more exemplary for someone coming up from a standard sized what will be an iPhone 16 because those are not getting display size increases. So before we were saying, what are the differences really going to be? When you go and look at these in the Apple store, it's the displays that are going to go and stand out to you um, because you will notice those extra few millimeters between them. And of course, they don't have the bezels being quite so slim either, I believe. So it should be pretty noticeable. Um, but... I don't know how, how people are actually going to feel about this. Uh, if you already felt like I do, that the iPhone was already getting a little bit too big. Yeah. Uh, 
obviously there's no mini anymore so i'm not too sure but i'm definitely not going to be getting the pro max at least well all right i would love to hear from everybody in the comments down below what your thoughts are on the iphone 16 some of the ai features that we talked about um you know we did a little playful ribbing on the humane ai pin but i would also love to hear you know who's actually excited for something like that or the rabbit r1 or any of these ai devices um and uh oh also one last thing i want to ask what do you think the return rate for apple vision pro is going to be this week i believe tomorrow is the last day yeah yeah uh quite high probably because even me uh, when it comes to my opportunity to buy one i intend to return it if i'm not absolutely blown away and i don't see how this device fits in for me so if you want to just play with it for a couple of weeks you can absolutely do that and then if it's sitting on your shelf after a week and you're not really using it then you are going to be returning it and that is not like how people treat a new iphone or a new mac this is quite different so yeah. i bet it's quite high i think it's going to be i don't know i don't know i'm having a hard time i feel like there's a lot of vocal people that are like i'm returning it but like i feel like some of those people are just trying to get attention for some reason like i don't know i also know a lot of casual people who just think you can't return like stuff <laughs> if you uh if there's not like something majorly wrong with it and so that also blows my mind because you can return whatever you want for whatever reason you want if you're within the return window and following their policies so uh yeah i mean you absolutely can do that is it morally okay is you know the other thing uh, uh apple will be fine they will live if you decide to rent something for a couple weeks um, but like, I just try to go into buying something with the intentions of keeping it, but knowing that returning is an option. I think that's the smart way to do things. Um, I obviously will not be returning mine because we will need it for future content. But uh, I guess if I had to answer honestly, um, if I bought this myself, would I keep it? I might be leaning towards no, <laughs> but like, it only in the sense of like i i don't i don't want to return it because i don't like it it's just i can see myself putting it away for a long period of time and then bringing it back out when new things launch and that's okay to do for something that's not $3500 or in this case $3900 um so i i think that is where a lot of people's justifications come in but I'm fully into this idea and I want to see it get approved on and I cannot wait until there are new things that launch that'll make me excited to use it more and more. I'm still excited. I, I'm mostly loving showing people it like their minds are blown when they use it. And that's like a lot of fun. But me myself, I have not used it as much as I would like to at home. Personally, I've used it a lot here. I've worked a lot with it, honestly. Um, I don't know that it's any better or not to work in. So this is just a little tease for the review quote-unquote review that i'll have in the future um so be sure to check that out over on the main channel and um yeah all right well we'll catch everybody in the uh in the next episode